Hey friends, welcome to the Life Lessons series where I will be sharing with you some of the most intimate, deepest details of my life story and mainly the lessons that I've learned because I think that through our struggles and through all the trauma that we have faced, one of the some of the best best learnings and lessons come from there. So I want to give you a disclaimer in some of these episodes, and I will let you know which ones I may be sharing about sexual abuse or death, trauma, miscarriage, you know, topics that may upset certain listeners if you have this kind of stuff that maybe it's still unsettled or undone for you or you haven't had closure. So I will let you know when I'll be having these these episodes, but I really just want to invite you to have a listen in and see if any of this, any of these stories can help you with your own personal life and see where in your life have you faced some hardship, some trauma, you know, something that's been hard and you thought, how the hell am I going to get through this? And you did. And you found that, that strength and that courage and that confidence and everything else you needed, that grit, right, to get you through. So I really hope you enjoyed this special series, Life Lessons series, and I will see you in the next episode. Hola, my friends. Welcome back to the Life Lesson series. This is episode two. I am uh, really excited to be sharing this as an extra component to the podcast. And hopefully you listened to episode one. Um, would love your thoughts. I was really nervous, as I mentioned, to do that podcast because, you know, it's uh, part of my life that I haven't talked about with anyone. So... My husband knows about it, but I don't really share that with many people. And I am going to write a book. And I think this is kind of like my prep for doing so. It's allowing me and helping me to really get these stories out and and remember some of the stuff. Because I'm not preparing as I do for my podcast. I'm just speaking to y'all as friends and sisters. And like you're my homegirl. Because you are my homegirl. Or my homeboy. Um, So today's episode is about the lessons I've learned in the shitty relationships that I've been in. And I think... It's so valuable, thank you, because, you know, relationships really give us so much eye-openingness about self-worth and, you know, I mean, I, I literally every single relationship I've been in has literally just been a lesson that I really needed to learn and unfortunate at times because it was a really painful lesson, but I know that there couldn't have been any other way. You ain't going nowhere. There couldn't have been any other way for me to learn it if I didn't learn it that way. Sorry, some dudes beeping at me. As you can hear, I'm driving like always. There are no kids in the car. <laughs> um, and it's raining in Melbourne and people be tripping. They don't know how to act when it rains. Anyway, so let me talk to you about this. I got into many relationships in my life and a lot of them, I mean, literally, fuck, I think every single one except for my husband. And even my husband taught me amazing shit, but he wasn't an a-hole. But every single relationship I got into for me was a call for love, a validation thing. You know, me wanting to prove I was good enough, me wanting to prove that I was worthy of love. It was a lot of I'm not good enoughness going on. And so, of course, because that was going on for me, I attracted these kind of relationships in my life. These kind of men or boys or whatever it was, because this was all through my life. And some of the biggest relationships, um, I think I was in a relationship um, when I was in high school. Are you letting me go? Thank you. I was in a relationship when I was in high school with this guy who was super um, popular, the popular kid that everybody wanted to be with. And, you know, wasn't really that lovely to me, you know, Um, treated me a little bit like, you know, he was cool and I was not. He was older. I was younger. And 
So it was a relationship where he was cool and I was not, you know, even in the relationship, how he treated me. I don't think he told anybody that we were together for a while. And it was like, I was sweating him, you know, like I was all over him and I wanted to be with him and like, give me love, give me love, give me attention. And I swear y'all, I think a lot of this shit is connected to my daddy issues. Um, I'm sure I have daddy issues because my dad left when I was two and you know, I didn't like my dad. I didn't care for him at all. I was pissed off with him, but I'm sure that it's connected to that lack of male um, I'm sure there are studies, there are studies that have been done that, you know, validate that lack of male influence in your life. And so daddy issues, mommy issues, all kinds of issues. And so I think that really where it showed itself the most was when I was older. So I had this, this guy in high school. And then after I finished that relationship, I dated another guy who, and who was a drug dealer and <laughs> that was interesting um and then after that i ended up meeting geo who was my husband i ended up marrying geo and if you don't know already um geo and i you, you know we were together for uh, seven years married five years and he ended up passing away and that's a whole nother podcast that i want to share with you um because that experience was huge the hugest experience i've had yet to this day so I met Gio when I was 16 he was in my spanish class and i didn't notice him because i was dating this other guy and when I get in these relationships, I don't really see, you know, I'm very like tunnel vision and it's almost like, almost like fearfully, like not that anybody's hitting me, but it was like fearfully, like I'm not allowed to look at anybody else. I'm not allowed to let my eye wander. And I literally was, didn't even see Gio in my class and Gio sat in front of me. And one day he came to class late and I was not in the relationship anymore. And he looked really hot. And I was like, who is this man in my class? This cute man, this cute dude. And we hit it off. We started chatting. He was a DJ and ended up that, um, I used to be involved in every single, <laughs> every single school talent show. I would get involved. I would be like, yep, I'm going to sign up. Anybody want to dance with me? Anybody want to create a routine? If nobody wanted to, I would do that shit by myself. So I had spoke to Gio and said, hey, can you do a mixtape for me? I'm doing a J-Lo kind of performance. I'm doing a Spanish Latin performance and I need some help. So I would hang out with him. He would stay after school with me and my girls and we would practice together. Like we got really close really quickly. Then I would go to his house and watch him DJ and scratch on the, on the turntables. He was amazing. And from that moment, I just fell in love with DJing and music and I'm still to this day, like I, I, I cannot stand when a DJ mixes and the fucking songs don't match. And I'm like, dude, come on, what are you doing? So thank you, Gio, because that, like I still have that, right? So me and Gio hit it off, we got together and then um, we both want, decided we wanted to join the military. And I joined the army, he joined the Marines and then I went to boot camp, all that, that's a whole nother podcast. but. Basically, in a nutshell, what happened with Gio, I was so young and I had been in so many relationships. Like my dad left when I was two. My mom didn't really have a good male figure. She had a shitty boyfriend who sexually abused me, as you probably would have heard in the last podcast. I did Life Lessons episode one about sexual abuse. And my dad who left and another boyfriend who left when I was five. So I didn't have that male figure. So I'm sure that I had daddy issues. I'm sure that I had issues with men. And I was constantly like, I grew up in foster care. So constantly as a child, I was be basically given away to different families, living with different people in different schools, always a new girl at school and every single school I went to in my town. So there must have been this subconscious belief that got created for me as a child that was like, I'm not worthy of love and I'm not good enough because no one's keeping me and I'm constantly moving and changing and living with different people. It must have been, there must have been something like that in there. And I've done a lot of work now to discover that, you know, I made things mean things and kids have their brain as, as, um, 
I just read a piece on this. It's like as a child, your your mind is a is a is a meaning making machine. So something happens and you make it mean something. That's what kids do. So basically this just played itself out so with Gio I was all about him 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 what he wanted you know um, giving to him and not really like I wanted to be an actress I knew that I wanted to move to California so when I graduated from high school I was like hey let's go to California so he joined the Marines I joined the army and the the, the dream was to go um, move to California I was gonna be an actress I got to California with him ended up living with some random woman who he knew through the Marine Corps and then you know working and then not being able to do much acting and then didn't do acting and then just waiting for him to get back from Japan and then he ended up going to Iraq and waiting for him to go to Iraq and like my whole life I felt like with Gio I became more involved with him and his life and what he wanted to do and like I put my shit to the side and he didn't do that to me that was me I made the decision to like not put myself first not put my dreams first and not follow what I wanted to do and it was so weird because I didn't learn that from my mom I didn't learn that from anyone I just ended up going oh I'm just gonna be his wife and I'm just gonna you know follow him around and let's see what he wants to do and when he got back from Iraq I remember you know I felt so bad that he was in the army or in the military and at war he was in the war for so long that I was like why don't why don't we move to Florida we lived in California why don't we move across to Florida you can go to school to be a DJ because he wanted to be a recording artist and do production and you know he went to school and I ended up going full-time in the army nine to five Monday to Friday so that's not what I wanted to do but I did it so that he could go to school so again giving 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 and let me tell you when we the next year the year after we moved to Florida we got into a drinking and driving accident he was driving I was drunk, he was drunk. We went out that night to a club. Someone invited us. We had no money. We had no money for gas. We had no money to go out. But someone was like, I got a booth. And in America, people get booths, which means like they pay money and you get drinks and you can invite people, VIP, whatever. So we went there. I'll never forget. We drove there. There, the booth had a, a pole, like a pole dancing pole in it. And I remember that night like getting drunk and climbing up the pole and pretending I was a pole dancer and going really backwards with my back and arching my back. And it was crazy, like massive mobility in my back. And literally that night when we left drinking and driving, we were going the maximum speed. In Australia, that's 280 kilometers an hour. In America, uh, I think it's 180. I don't know, whatever the speedometer at the end goes to, that's what we were going. All of us fell asleep on a main road in Orlando, Florida, in fifth gear, uh, in the in the Mitsubishi Evolution, Fast and the Furious car. Um, that shit was insane. Um, we ended up, I, I, it was crazy because we were driving and we all fell asleep and I re something happened. We passed our house and we, we went, went through a red light. And for some weird reason that woke me up. I woke up and I was like, hey, we passed the house, we passed the house and we ended up, I, I, got, I, I opened my eyes, I got up, I looked up, I was sitting in the middle with no seatbelt on, once again, making sure everybody else had a seatbelt, I didn't have a fucking seatbelt on. Ugh, women, we just, we care and worry too fucking much about everyone else and not ourselves, like, I could have easily put a seatbelt on and then told them to put their seatbelt on. I didn't. So I was in the back, I realized, I sat up, and I remember seeing ahead of me that we were heading towards this, like, ditch and there was a store and I was like we passed the house we passed the house and then all I saw was my eyesight tilted and it went black and I didn't open my eyes again until I had 
these cold metal scissors cutting my expensive jeans at the time. They were from Express and they were expensive. They were $80 jeans, y'all. And back in the day, that was expensive and it's still kind of expensive if I'm gonna keep it real, $80 jeans. And I remember my jeans and they were cutting my jeans and it, my, it was ridiculous. I'll never forget that feeling. And I looked up and I'm in a hospital and I can hear Gio screaming and it was, it was fucking crazy. And what had happened was we hit a ditch, our car flipped backwards. So, you know, I was headed towards hitting this van that then pushed us into a tree that then pushed us into a store. So we hit a store, a convenience store. I was ejected out of the car, the back windshield, I broke it with my body, landed 25 feet in the air, went up, landed halfway on the wing and halfway on the van that we were in. I broke the back of this Mitsubishi Evolution. It's like the Fast and the Furious car. It's got one of those big carbon fiber hood things, wings. I cracked that open and I broke my back. Gio was in a coma, so his head had swollen up. His friend that was on the side Thankfully, only uh, all he got was um, fractured ribs. Thankfully, lucky. Like seriously, this man was so blessed. Um, yeah, and so we had. They got helicopter out. They had to get us out of the car with a helicopter. Um, I went straight to the hospital. Gio went straight to the hospital, and I'm I'm pretty sure um, someone said that they saw us, which was really crazy. Someone said that they saw us um, in the accident when when everything had went down, and that I was some guy that lived around the corner apparently he was picking up weed um because you know we were near college and everybody did drugs and sold drugs and all that jazz and this guy was like i saw you like pushing to get out of the car it was like 2 a.m and i'm like what the fuck like and it's so crazy because with adrenaline your body can do that like a woman you've heard these stories of people break their legs and they run with broken legs or whatever like it's insane so i'm in the hospital you know, the recovery was a bitch. It was a hot mess. It was insane. But what I learned from that was like, I almost fucking died. Like I literally had to learn how to walk again. I had to use a fucking walker. Uh, like it was insane. And I said to myself, not nah, like, what the fuck are you doing? You're not doing your acting. You're not doing your modeling. You're not doing anything you said you wanted to do. You've just been sitting here doing the army. So Gio could go to school and you almost fucking died, bitch. Like, let's get your shit together. So I needed this near death experience in order to shake me up to go, Hey Erica, your life is precious. Maybe you should start doing what you want to do. So that was lesson one from that whole experience with Gio. And what ended up happening there for me was I ended up then going, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start modeling. And someone asked me to be a, a a promotional model and do like these liquor promotions I started doing that then I ended up doing a calendar for the radio and then I end I mean it just went off then music videos modeling I started doing all that and that literally only came from me having that accident right so from then I started living I started doing my thing the following year Gio passed away in a drinking and driving accident by himself that shit fucked me it fucked me because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to handle it. I'd never dealt with death ever. And then he passed away and I'm like, and I didn't even know he passed. It was just, it was a hot mess. I am going to talk about it. I promise because it needs its own podcast episode because dealing with death and loss and trauma and being widowed, that shit's insane and it deserves its own discussion. But after that, 
I, I felt straight away, I had friends in the modeling industry and what this guy named Marlon, who was my good friend, ended up like, you know, he had feelings for me, uh, ended up dating him almost straight away, like three months or four months after Gio died. I said, you know, I moved out of the house we lived in because I couldn't live in the house and I ended up getting a roommate and, and I just hooked up with Marlon. I'm like, yep, Marlon, be with me. I need a man. I can't do this by myself, which was bullshit. I love Marlon. He's lovely, but I wasn't in love with him. And he was lovely, y'all. He was romantic. He was gorgeous. He was lovely. He was beautiful. Nothing wrong with the child. Nothing wrong with the man. Okay. Amazing dude. I just didn't love him. I didn't have that for him. But I was pretending that, yep, he's going to be the one for me, the new Geo. He's my husband. I got to be with him. Can't do this thing called life without a man. And it was crazy because I feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like my whole life I was a relationship girl. Like I had to be in a relationship even from when I was fucking 13. Like couldn't be like a little boyfriend. It was like, oh, this is my boyfriend. This is official. I'm going to marry him. You know, it was fucking crazy. And Geo, I I was a virgin until I was 17. Like I didn't, or 18. I didn't have sex with anybody. Um, I just didn't. I thought everybody was nasty and dirty. I was like, I ain't doing it, you know? And that sexual abuse thing threw me off. I was like, nah, I'm not having sex with anyone. So I kept my virginity until I met Gio and I ended up marrying Gio. So, you know, I wasn't like fucking around. But then after that, I just went crazy. So I was with Marlon. Then I ended up being with this other guy. Then I ended up, um, I went to a, a wedding back home in Boston because I was living in Florida. I went to a wedding and I ended up meeting my first love the guy who was the popular cool guy you know the break dancer who was super cool and i was hot motherfuckers i was like sexy ass erica yvette you know modeling and i went to the wedding and he's like oh hi oh blah blah he had a kid and i thought oh maybe the universe is sending me a sign that you know we need to be together because we're back together again and it's been 10 years oh my god maybe I, this is the one for me and he had a kid and no offense if you got a kid that's cool but he had all this drama going on and wasn't working and wasn't on fire doing his damn thing and so i ended up getting that man to come to florida looking after him he didn't fucking work i love you homeboy but your ass didn't work i'm sorry and then i got my girlfriend to come and live there i i had i had money from when geo passed away because we have insurance in the army i gave the money to his brother i gave i paid off his um his school loan i gave the money to this man i gave money like i didn't want the money i was like throwing the money away because it meant like it was his money and i didn't want to have that money because it meant that he died it was so crazy and so weird so once again what am i seeking with this guy I'm seeking, you know, I'm seeking, I'm trying to be comfortable, seeking validation, seeking to be with a man. Horrible fucking idea to get back with him. And he had a kid and I'm over here trying to fight his baby mama drama. Like, what the fuck, Erica? Are you tripping? Like, what the fuck, right? Then I went to Las Vegas to this um, conference and I met this man in Las Vegas at the pool while I was drinking. By the way, drinking was huge, by the way. After Gio died, forget about it. Even before Gio died, we used to fight a lot. We used to drink. It shit got messy. Alcohol has been an issue, right, for my whole life. And it's literally, it's, it's fucking crazy. And now I've got a handle on it, and I'm so happy. I still drink, but it's massive handle. Like, I don't go crazy anymore. And I feel like even one day I won't drink at all zero, zero, because it's done nothing for my life but fuck me up. So, and it's not alcohol's fault. It's my fault, right, my decisions. But... I uh, digress. Anyway, so that was that. So I'm, I went to Cal I went to um, Las Vegas to this hair show. Met this Australian man. He had a ten dollar note, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" He's like, "This is all ten dollars." I can't do the accent. I'm so sorry. I've been in Australia for like nine years, and I still can't do the accent. Um, it sucks. So anyway, he's, it was like his ten dollar note, and I'm like, "This is so cute. This is money. It's like blue, and it looks like you know, it looks like plastic. It is not real." And so that got the conversation going. So of course, go ahead. So of course, we were like chatting. We got together. He ended up coming to 
America and you know we um, where did he go not America he ended up coming to Miami I was living in Florida so he came to Miami I went to see him and we stayed connected on Skype we stayed connected on, on phone I ended up going back and telling this guy like listen I don't want to be with you anymore you need to go back to America uh, back to Boston back to your baby mama drama I can't handle it and just ended that relationship right and it was crazy like shit just from there this guy ended up coming to see me in Florida and then I was like I'm coming to Australia to visit you I, do you see how I was distracting myself from dealing with the pain of geo dying from dealing with the lack of love in my life from dealing with I wasn't trying to deal with anything like nothing I was like yeah everything's all good it's all good yep it's fine and so I ended up coming to Australia to visit and my friends were like are you crazy like you can, you're not going to move to Australia, are you? I was like, no, I'm just going to go visit for three months. And because I was a hairdresser and he had a hair salon, I was helping him with his business. What happened? I was like, I ain't coming back. I told my friend Ashley, I love her to death. I was like, can you sell all my shit for a thousand bucks? I don't care how much. I don't even give a fuck. I got a car. Ask Mama Lopez. She's like my army mom. She's literally like my mother, this woman. Ask her to sell my car for me. I'm not coming back. I'm done. They were like, Erica, are you crazy? You're gonna move to Australia. I was like, Yep, I'm moving. I'm done. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be there anymore. I don't want to be in America. I'm, I'm out of here. So I ended up being in Australia for three months, and then coming back only to get all my shit, and not even all my shit. I gave a lot of my shit to my friends. I gave a lot of the stuff from Geo and I to my friends, and I regret that to this day. But it's what I had to do. I just that's my where my mindset was at, and I ended up moving to Australia. And now this man that I met was very lovely on Skype and beautiful and amazing and so nice and blah, blah, blah. But what actually ended up happening was he was verbally abusive. His fucking mom was crazy. Um, I love you, dude, but your mom was tripping. And everybody thought I was trying to take his money when really I was making the motherfucker money. I blew his business up so much so that his business head office hired me and sponsored me for four years in Australia. And I was killing it. I know I was killing it, right? And so long story short, I realized that, fuck, you know, I am in this relationship and this dude doesn't value me and verbally abusive and I don't want to have this life. And I ended up saying, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to stay in Australia for a little while, but I am not going to fucking be... I'm not going to be in a relationship where I'm getting treated like shit. So I ended up leaving that relationship, moving into um, the city in Sydney, went crazy, did cocaine, which I'd never done before, went a little bit loco and ended up meeting someone else from Melbourne. Another guy, same fucking guy, you guys, the same guy I just dated. I met him again in a different fucking face and body. Um, no, like he was lovelier. He wasn't verbally abusive, but crazy family. I wasn't good enough. I was shit. I had to clean up my act in order for me to meet him and his family. I was just like this lack of validation situation happening, like to the extreme. And so once again, I wasn't good enough. And I had to prove to this man that I was going to be good for him and that I was going to be, you know, worthy of love and worthy of all the stuff. And once again, it was just another shitty relationship. And then I moved to Melbourne for this shitty relationship. So what I'm trying to tell you is I made the same fucking mistake with a different dude. Same energy, different face. Does that make sense? And the lesson there was, dude, like you are good enough. You don't need to prove that you're good enough to these men. And even when you prove, even when I people pleased, even when I tried to erase my past and erase, I was dating this one guy. I think I told you all already in the podcast. I couldn't fucking sneeze couldn't sneeze the way I sneeze. I sneezed really fucking loud because it was like not okay to do that and his parents didn't like it and he didn't like it. His mom didn't want me to wear red lipstick. 
Like I had to be this fucking princess. I'm not a princess. I'm a fucking badass rocker, bitch, crazy motherfucker who's loud and I swear this is me. And I was trying to be like, I don't know what I was trying to be. This culturally different person. And, and it was a cultural shift and that wasn't happening for me. So anyway, I learned a lot about myself in those shitty ass relationships that I decided to get into. And at the end, like realizing that I wasn't making anybody fucking happy anyway. And I was really making myself unhappy and I still wasn't good enough. So thankfully the universe hooked me up and said, listen, um, it took that man away. He dumped me before my birthday. I was training with my husband, Hamish, my personal trainer. He was my personal trainer who, again, I didn't even see how hot he was. My husband's hot as fuck, y'all. His eyes match his skin color. He's got like a 92 pack. His ass is amazing. Beautiful man. Gorgeous penis. He's just hot, right? I'm just keeping it real. And so I didn't see him. He was, he was training me, but I couldn't physically see him like he didn't exist. It was crazy. And it was because I had that fucking tunnel vision with the last guy I was with. And so, go ahead, with that last guy I was with, and I'm like, fuck, this is insane. So, ended up, I got broken up with on my, on my birthday. I saw Hamish at the gym, and I was like, hey, Hamish. No, I saw him at the food court, and he was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, so-and-so broke up with me, but I'm okay. I'm going to be fine. Can I see you more? Can we have more sessions? Because I need to keep myself busy, because I was full-on, like, about to have ice cream and sit on the couch, eat, pray, love, sex in the city, it up. And he's like, yeah, 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 let's hang out. So ended up, we started seeing each other more. We started hanging out. He was really lovely. He invited me to his birthday. And then he met, I met his, his life coach, who obviously totally changed my life. But I'm telling you this because all of these shitty ass relationships, all of the motherfuckers I dated, they served a purpose. First of all, I'm in Australia because of one. And second of all, like... I clearly didn't know how amazing I was. I clearly needed to pretend to be someone else in these relationships in order to try to make them happy. And then I didn't make them happy and I failed miserably and they, they treated me like shit and I felt like shit so much so that then I finally got the smack of life going, hey bitch, you're tripping. None of these motherfuckers are good for you and you are worthy as fuck. And I had to learn that shit the hard way. <laughs> But sometimes, y'all, you have to. And I would love to inspire you with my story. I would love for you to listen to my podcast and learn from my mistakes or learn from the books and the shit that you read. But guess what? Sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes you learn by you experiencing it your fucking self. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's keeping it real. Most people will say, don't have to go through that. You be, you know, be smart. Don't go through that yourself. Yeah, I think so too. But guess what? Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you don't know how worthy you are, how amazing you are, how resilient you are. Sometimes you don't know how much shit you can put up with and how much, you know, how, how strong you can actually be. And so you have to go into these shitty ass relationships to remind you that, hey, you're tripping. This motherfucker's not good for you. You can't change anyone. You, you fucking good luck trying to change yourself. Never mind changing someone else. That barely ever happens. Thank you. And so that was a lesson for me. And all of the relationships, the main thread was I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I can't stand up for myself. I can't piss these guys off because they won't be anyone else. Who's going to love me? I'm so flawed. I'm so broken. I'm so fucked. You know, I'm not hot. I'm not amazing. I'm not this amazing, beautiful woman. I don't have any value to give. I'm not smart with money. I don't have a business. I'm not from a rich background. I have no dad. You know, like all of this. So I, I really, even hearing me say it out loud, like, fuck, I want to give my old self a hug and be like, honey, you're tripping. You're fucking amazing. And you are giving what you give. And if somebody wants something else, they'll find something else. And if people 
if you are constantly battling to try to prove that you're good enough and, and battling for respect, that is not the fucking relationship for you. If they make you feel like shit and they're not validating how you want to feel and they don't want to talk about it and they're not those kind of people, those kind of men, those kind of women, then fuck them off. Or be in that relationship, get treated like shit until you're over it, then fuck them off. Whatever works for you. I hope that this podcast was of service to you. I want you to learn from my life lessons and I want to share them with you. Some of them are funny as fuck and I am totally going to write a book. But anyway, oh my God, I've been talking to you for 26 minutes. Holy shit. Sorry. Love you long time and I hope... Actually, I'm not sorry because we don't say sorry, do we? No, we don't. We don't apologize for existing. And I love you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you're enjoying this series. I am going to keep talking about more shit. Um, at the moment, um, I'm still trying to keep up with my other podcasts because there's so many more I want to do. So let me know. Let me know. Send me a DM or let me know about your relationships. What's going on in your world? Does this resonate with you? Have you been in this kind of situation before? And do you see yourself in any of these stories? Massive love to you, sister and brothers. Take care and have a beautiful week.